0: Volume Two, Chapter Fifteen of Gwen Wynn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Stevens. Gwen Wynn, A Romance of the Y by Maine Reed. Volume Two, Chapter Fifteen. Again, the engagement ring. The first hurried search, with its noisy excitement, proving fruitless there follows an interregnum calmer with suspended activity indeed miss linton directs it so now convinced that her niece has really disappeared from the place she thinks it prudent to deliberate before proceeding further she has no thought that the young lady has acted otherwise than of her own will to suppose her carried off is too absurd a theory not to be entertained for an instant and having gone so the questions are why and whither after all, it may be that at the ball's departing, in the last moment when the guests were departing, moved by a mad prank, she leaped into the carriage of some lady friends, and was whirled home with them, just in the dress she had been dancing in. With such an impulsive creature as Gwen Wynne, the freak was not improbable. Nor is there any one to say nay. In the bustle and confusion of departure, the other domestics were busy with their own affairs, and Gibbons sound asleep." and if true a hue-and-cry raised in reaching the outside world would at least beget ridicule if it did not cause absolute scandal to avoid this the servants are forbidden to go beyond the confines of the court or carry any tale outward for the time beguiled by this hopeful belief miss linton with the companion assisting scribbles off a number of notes addressed to the heads of three or four families in whose houses her niece must have so abruptly elected to take refuge for the night merely to ask if such was the case the question couched in phrase guarded and as possible suggestive these are dispatched by trusted messengers cautioned to silence Mr. Musgrave himself volunteering a round of calls at other houses to make personal inquiry. This matter settled, the old lady waits the result, though without any very sanguine expectations of success. For another theory has presented itself to her mind, that Gwen has run away with Captain Ryecroft. Improbable as the thing might appear, Miss Linton nevertheless for a while has faith in it, it was as she might have done some forty years before had she but met the right man such as he and measuring her niece by the same romantic standard with gwen's capriciousness thrown into the account she ignores everything else even the absurdity of such a step from its sheer causelessness that to her is of little weight no more the fact of the young lady taking flight in a thin dress with only a shawl upon her shoulders for gibbons called upon to give account of her wardrobe has taken stock and found everything in its place every article of her mistress's drapery save the blue silk dress and indian shawl hats and bonnets hung up or in their boxes but all there proving her to have gone off bareheaded not the less natural reasons miss linton instead only a component part in the chapter of contrarieties So, too, the coolness observed between the betrothed sweethearts throughout the preceding night, their refraining from partnership in the dances, all dissembling on their part, possibly to make the surprise of the after-event more piquant and complete. So runs the imagination of the novel-reading spinster, fresh and fervid as in her days of girlhood, passing beyond the trammels of reason, leaving the bounds of probability but her new theory is short-lived. It receives a death-blow from a letter which Miss Lees brings under her notice. It is that superscribed in the handwriting of Captain Rycroft, which the companion had for the time forgotten, she having no thought that it would have anything to do with the young lady's disappearance. And the letter proves that he can have nothing to do with it. The hotel stamp, the postmark, the time of deposit and delivery are all understood, all contributing to show it must have been posted if not written that same morning were she with him it would not be there down goes the castle of romance miss linton had been constructing wrecked scattered as a house of cards it is quite possible that letter contains something that would throw light upon the mystery perhaps clear it all up and the old lady would like to open it but she may not dare not Gwen Wynne is not one to allow tampering with her correspondence, and as yet her aunt cannot realise the fact, nor even entertain the supposition, that she is gone for good and for ever. As time passes, however, and the different messengers return with no news of the missing lady, Mr. Musgrave is also back without tidings, the alarm is renewed and search again set up. It extends beyond the precincts of the house, and the grounds already explored, off into woods and fields, along the banks of river and bywash, everywhere that offers a likelihood, the slightest, of success. But neither in wood, spinney, or coppice can they find traces of Gwen Wynne, all draw-blank, as George Shenstone would say, of a cover where no fox is found. And just as this result is reached, that gentleman himself steps upon the ground, to receive a shock such as he has rarely experienced. THE NEWS COMMUNICATED IS A SURPRISE TO HIM, FOR HE HAS ARRIVED AT THE COURT KNOWING naught OF THE STRANGE INCIDENT WHICH HAS OCCURRED. HE HAS COME THITHER ON AN AFTERNOON CALL, NOT ALTOGETHER DICTATED BY CEREMONY. DESPITE ALL THAT HAS PASSED, WHAT GWEN WYNN TOLD HIM, WHAT SHE SHOWED HOLDING UP HER HAND, HE DOES NOT EVEN YET DESPAIR. WHO SO CIRCUMSTANCED EVER DOES, What man in love, profoundly, passionately as he, could believe his last chance eliminated, or have his ultimate hope extinguished? He had not. Instead, when bidding adieu to her, after the ball, he felt some revival of it, several causes having contributed to its rekindling, among others her gracious behaviour to himself so gratifying, but more her distant manner towards his rival, which he could not help observing, and saw with secret satisfaction. And still thus reflecting on it, he enters the gates at Langoran, to be stunned by the strange intelligence there awaiting him, Miss Wynne missing, gone away, run away, perhaps carried off, lost and cannot be found, for in these varied forms and like variety of voices is it conveyed to him. Needless to say, he joins in the search with ardour, but distractedly, "'suffering all the sadness of a torn and harrowed heart, "'but to no purpose, no result to soothe or console him. "'His skill at drawing a cover is of no service here. "'It is not for a fox stole away, leaving hot scent behind, "'but a woman goes without print of foot or trace "'to indicate the direction, without word left "'to tell the cause of departure. "'Withal, George Shenstone continues to seek for her "'long after the others have desisted.' for his views differ from those entertained by miss linton and his apprehensions are of a keener nature he remains at the court throughout the evening making excursions into the adjacent woods searching and again exploring everywhere none of the servants think it strange all know of his intimate relations with the family mr musgrave remains also both of them asked to stay dinner a meal this day eaten sans façon, in haste and under agitation. When, after it, the ladies retire to the drawing-room, the curate along with them, George Shenstone goes out again, and over the grounds. It is now night, and the darkness lures him on, for it was in such she disappeared. And although he has no expectation of seeing her there, some vague thought has drifted into his mind, that in darkness he may better reflect, and something be suggested to avail him." He strays on to the boat-stair, looks down into the dock, and there sees the Gwendolyn at her moorings. But he thinks only of the other boat which, as he now knows, on the night before lay alongside her. Has it indeed carried away Gwen Wynne? He fancies it has. He can hardly have a doubt of it. How else is her disappearance to be accounted for? But has she been borne off by force, or went she willingly? These are the questions which perplex him the conjectured answer to either causing him keenest anxiety. After remaining a short while on the top of the stair, he turns away with a sigh and saunters on towards the pavilion. Though under the shadow of its roof the obscurity is complete, he nevertheless enters and sits down. He is fatigued with the exertions of the afternoon, and the strain upon his nerves through the excitement." Taking a cigar from his case and nipping off the end, he rasps a fusée to light it. But before the blue fizzing blaze dims down, he drops the cigar, to clutch at an object on the floor, whose sparkle has caught his eye. He succeeds in getting hold of it, though not till the fusée has ceased flaming. But he needs no light to tell him what he has in his hand he knows it is that which so pained him to see on one of gwenwyn's fingers the engagement ring end of volume 2 chapter 15